the funny thing how she snatched a ring off me to have a look at it. <laughs> so I got She's it out. like, yes, yeah, give like, it oh, in, yeah. put it on. Yeah, kind of about that, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, if she'd said no, you could have always just pushed her down the mountain. So yeah, yeah, it's really, really. <laughs> a win-win there. Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. Oh, mate, I'm happy for you. Very yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very happy for you. Hey guys, and welcome back to episode four of the Tribus podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about relationships. And I should clarify, we mean romantic relationships. Um, The three topics we're going to be talking about is marriage, because Matthew is the only member of the podcast team who is about to get married. Oh shit, he's older than he looks. (laughs) He's he's engaged, and... um, Yeah, had it not been for Corona, he would be having his wedding next month. Yep. So he's going to be talking to us about marriage. I... Where's the ring? <laughs> Where's the ring? That's not me yet. Nothing yet. He's eating it. It was a Haribo ring. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, ring. Um, my topic, because I'm the least qualified out of the three of us to talk about this, is what not to do in a relationship. Uh... Nico's, which still amazes me when he sent it to me on the uh, group chat, is something to do with the four men of horsemen of the apocalypse. Am I right? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so over to you then. You can lead off with your um, with your topic. Okay. So uh, the four four horsemen of the apocalypse. So this is a um, psychology based um, theory, effectively, by a man called uh, John Gottman. So if anybody's interested in this, um, they can watch a YouTube video and uh, listen to his studies that he's done. Um, His studies go on for 15, 20 years and he studies relationships and marriages and how relationships develop, etc. And um, something that he says, um, which is very um, key for relationships overall, is that in the relationships that he um, studied over those long period of time, um, there's a five to one ratio um, for rela- this is for relationships that are working. It's a five to one ratio on the good to negative things. So there's five good things that happen and one bad thing that happens in, an, in a relationship. And they're successful relationships. They don't break up, they don't divorce, you know, happy relationships. In a negative relationship that um, has led to a, a divorce, that's more like an eight to one negative ratio. So eight negative things to one good thing. Wow, that'll do. Yeah, and in a situation, in a lab situation, so where they would put um, participants in sort of, not enclosed areas, but um, uh, monitored areas as such, so you're not living in everyday life, that um, happiness ratio needed to be more like a 20 to 1 ratio, so 20 good things to one bad thing. Now, that's um, quite topical at the moment because of corona, so those people living with the people that... um, you know, they're in a romantic relationship with, yeah. you need to start thinking about those, um, those ratios because in a scenario like this, uh, everything gets heightened and that turns into a 20 to one good to bad um, ratio. And um, one of the things that he said is that these, these things, you know, uh, are basically categorized into the four horsemen of um, the apocalypse. Okay. And number one, um, is basically criticism. So you've got four four horsemen: criticism, defensiveness, disrespect and contempt, uh, and stonewalling. Okay? okay. So these are the four, like the recipe of disaster, if you will. Um, <laughs> and something interesting that he talks about is that 
So criticism, he talks about masters and um, they're not failures, but they were people that were doing it wrong. He didn't give them a name, but they, they were masters were the people doing it correctly. And he does um, a really good thing that, that he tells you what the people doing it wrong were doing. And he tells you what the people doing right were doing and what their habits were and how they were dealing with um, these four horsemen. Because in every relationship, you have to have negative things. You know, yeah, it wouldn't be a real relationship if they aren't negative things or mm -hmm. if there aren't arguments because you build up on those arguments and you turn those arguments into good things. You know, yeah, sure. so you, you have to have those negative parts. And if it wouldn't, if, you know, you wouldn't resolve those negative things properly uh, and get rid of them and move on from them and grow as partners, if they weren't there, it wouldn't be a real relationship. Um, and so the first one, criticism. So effectively what this is, is um, complaining about your person, your partner's um, personality, for example. So you say, oh, you know, um, you don't think about me rather than saying I'm upset. So the master, like it, an example would be, um, say you come home from work and um, you're upset because your wife hasn't talked to you about your day for example, what, what the people criticizing would be and doing one of those um, four horsemen of the apocalypse would do, they would say, oh, you're not thinking about me. Why aren't you thinking about me? And putting it onto the person and saying, um, you know, you don't think about me enough. You don't do this. You don't do that. So that's attacking their personality. On the other hand, the masters would be saying, I'm a bit upset that you haven't asked about my day. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's how yeah. I'm feeling. So it opens up, effectively opens up the opportunity for that person to be like, oh, you know, because you never know what's going on in the other person's day. So that gives the opportunity for the person doing wrong to say, you're right, I'm sorry. I've, uh, you know, I've spent too much time or I'm too stressed and I didn't think about you. How was your day? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it gives them the redemption there rather than you attacking them straight away and saying, you don't think about me enough. There's no way of coming back from that. So criticism is one of the four horsemen okay. the second one which goes hand in hand with criticism is defensiveness you know so that's the righteous uh uh indignation of meeting a complaint with a counter complaint so you would I've say yeah so that's throwing you know when you get thrown a criticism you throw a criticism back kind of thing oh, yeah, um, yeah. you know so um what you could say here is there's two, there's two ways of dealing with this is uh, victimizing and, you know, accepting responsibility. So um, you, with the defensiveness, if someone says something bad to you, you would take that back and you throw it back at them and you'd say, it's your fault because of this, or, you know, I did this, but what a, such and such you're defending yourself or defending a, the relationship. Okay. And um, so the way the masters dealt with it, um, was uh basically by saying okay right i've been told that i've not done something and you say good point i was stressed out i'm sorry and then you'd rectify it you know yeah. um so it's kind of uh how you deal with it you accept responsibility of doing something wrong instead of being defensive and throwing it back out it's hard to do but that's again one of those um one of those uh horsemen Dan, you said that you've definitely done this. Yeah, I've, I've definitely <laughs> yeah. Uh, thrown a criticism back when I've, uh, you know, I've, I've definitely got defensive in relationships before. And it's probably yeah. one of the reasons that I'm the only one of the three of us that currently isn't in a romantic relationship. <laughs> so. and, 
how does it feel when you look back at it? Because in a situation like that, you know, your your heart, your emotions are heightened, and sometimes you say things you don't mean. Oh, massively! Like I've definitely said stuff in relationships more to sort of towards the end or once it finished that I haven't meant. But when you're in it, I, I definitely started overthinking things. Yeah. And one of, the, one of the ways I would cope with that is by actually doing the first and the second of those those horsemen, to be honest. Yeah. So that's so crazy. It's, it's quite interesting because you might be able to, to resonate well with these horsemen and think, you know, and um, Matt, Matthew yourself as well, because you're, uh, you're getting married. No, we're not necessarily, but you can, you can, once you know about them, you can think about them and you can think, okay, well, how do I make myself better, a better person in this relationship, etc. Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, so the third, the third horseman is um, disrespect and contempt. So this one here, according to uh, John Gottman, was actually the best predictor on um, divorces. Okay. So this was, if, if, if content, um, disrespect and contempt was, uh, present in a relationship it was the best predictor in divorces and according to studies um psych psychological things are basically unpredictable um human beings unpredictable it's very hard to predict things and this is a study that actually you could predict with 80 or 95 percent accuracy wow. of these you know what would happen and to a certain extent when they would get divorced as well really? by just picking up these these little yeah. uh, signals in the relationship which is really interesting to hear. Well, yeah. say by the time, I mean, give it next uh, year, you're gone. What well, I'd say, like within a year or so, you'll be divorced. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, and those 15 to 20 year studies show. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's, it's really interesting to see how you can predict a relationship like that. But um, with the disrespect and content, that's basically, uh, you know, the people that were failing this were basically saying, you're a jerk or get off your fat ass and do this. It's just a direct insult basically. Yeah. So, you know, if you're doing that in your relationship and just for no reason calling someone a name, you're, you should end the relationship basically. Yeah, that's that's, that's where you're that. not in a good place. And yeah, I agree with that. You know, if you think you're better than the other person, or if you think you're, you can, you can do better than the other person because they're fat and lazy or they're, um, you know, calling them a jerk, or if you think they're a horrible person or whatever, it's not a healthy place to be. And that's, he said, that was definitely um, the, the biggest predictor. And the masters, what they would do is um, they'd respect and be proud and love and, you know, culture and appreciate the person that they were with. So instead of, uh, it wasn't a fix situation, it was more of an avoid situation. So it was more of, ah, oh, you'd always thank that person and you'd appreciate that person. So little things thanks for bringing me the coffee or even in hindsight oh, i really enjoyed it when you brought me the coffee in the morning or yeah. whatever but that was like a natural thing that was just in their relationship it was yeah. small appreciation and small thanks and you know understanding the other person was, is doing things for you um yeah. which is quite a big thing because you know uh he, he said about walking into a room and looking at all the positive things rather than looking at all the negative things okay, which okay. is something you know it's something that's quite um i can definitely see happens in relationships where you forget about the good things and all you do oh, is focus okay. and fixate on the bad things regardless oh, of i, the I was things. very bad at that like yeah constantly you think it's kind of weird because when when it ends you sort of think more of the of the good times which is kind of crazy yeah. because you spend yeah. the last few months and weeks trying to find a negative in everything so yeah. I, I can definitely relate to that. 
yeah it's human nature, isn't it? anything is you always think of negative over positive mm-hmm. but if you, go on, if you go on a holiday and then you come back like, how's the holiday it's like oh yeah it's great when you come yeah. back from holiday and it was terrible you're like oh this happened this happened this happened <laughs> yeah and you don't even think of like, the good things do you yeah, yeah. You're like, okay. but that goes that goes back to the ratio five to one ratio five good things to one negative thing negatives stick around a lot more you know yeah yeah, um, which is it's it's big thing. Negatives are yeah. a big thing, um, and I think it's, it's it's interesting, like you said, Dan, that when you're out of the relationship, you then start to miss the good things, and you think, why can't I have remembered those good things in it and tried to yeah. sort of fix it as such? But um, that's quite a big one. The content, the disrespect and content is is a big one, and I feel like a lot of people do that in terms of just focus on negatives and just think about negatives rather than be like, right, okay. This is bad, but let's think about all the good things. Let's put the good things back in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the last one, mm-hmm. which I'm sure a lot of our listeners might have um, come across or um, experienced in some way, um, is called stonewalling. Now, this is slightly different to the silent treatment because the silent treatment is getting back at you by not talking, mm-hmm. um, whereas stonewalling is more the withdrawal of emotion. So um this is where a breakdown has happened and the per- the person stonewalling um mm. is completely dead to emotion so you will oh. try and speak to them or whatever and a normal person will reply with hand gestures and talk etc whereas a stonewaller would be very just not speaking not talking not doing anything and just kind of in their own head um, and they do this to avoid conflict so when someone is just ignoring you as what you might think when you're having an argument with them, they're actually stonewalling and they're doing it to avoid conflict. So a way of dealing with it isn't to carry on talking to them and say, well, this, that, and the other, now you're ignoring me because of this, because then you're touching the other um, horsemen of the apocalypse. And um, you know, there's no, there's nothing you can really do with this, with stonewalling. You know, that's a problem. And the people, the masters, what they did was, was show affection to those people and understand. And a key thing here as well is to not take it back on yourself and say, oh, now she's or he's avoiding me um, for whatever reason, because I've done this and because I've done this and take it personally and then feel upset. What you need to do um, as the person dealing with the person stonewalling is just go by your everyday life and let that person withdraw and let that person um, self-soothe is what he says without taking it personally. So that person will need their time to stonewall. And some people will just withdraw emotionally from a, an argument and a situation and decide to talk about it later. And that's something you need to understand in the relationship because if you carry on digging at it and they yeah. haven't been able to, then those emotions will never come back effectively. Yeah. And I, I found those extremely interesting yeah, and yeah. extremely important yeah. um, pillars of a relationship. Um, and I guess that we'll probably resonate about this, you know, talk about this a lot and with your topic, Dan and Matthew, your topic, et cetera, yeah. you know, and with the stonewallers, like an example is being yelled at, they'll just shut off. And the best thing to do is stop yelling, yeah. throw yourself in the situation and let them, you know, yeah. carry on rather than turning it, the conversation from whatever you were yelling about to now you're not talking to me and yelling at them and speak to me and do this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So being yelled at, they'll withdraw themselves from that. If, like you said, those those four horsemen are very interesting, particularly when we go on to my topic and talking about the bits of advice I would give people just from my own experiences on what not to do. It's interesting to see how many of them actually fit into those four pillars. Because I, I, know, I know for a matter of fact, there's a few that definitely do. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, so, nice little segue. Um, <laughs> okay. But my, my first question, actually, before I get onto that, is do you guys believe in the one, or do you guys think it's more like the three relationship idea? Um, if you've not heard of the three relationship idea, it was on, I first heard about it on the True Geordie podcast. Basically, Lawrence said, your first relationship is meant to be like the naive one. Your second uh-huh. relationship's meant to be the one that hurts the most. And the third relationship's meant to be like a combination of the two where you learn. And it's sort of, you have to go through those three relationships before you fall, you find someone. But then other people just believe that love at first sight. So I'm, I'm interested to get your guys' take on that. That's uh-huh. fair enough. I mean, yeah. So it sounds a bit like me. Yeah, I've had a few relationships in the past and now, well, yeah, now I'm getting married. So yeah, that is a progression from that to the one, I guess. Yeah. I'm not one to be this kind of guy that gets all fluffy with like words and like, oh, yeah. choose the one. But like, yeah, it has been down and put into work. <laughs> <laughs> you put a black and white piece of paper, then yeah, I guess. But um, yeah. I'm not one to be, yeah, fluff out too much. Yeah. <laughs> See, I yeah, don't I, know. For me, I love the I love the idea of lover's first sight. That whole prince charming situation. Yeah. All that. It's just so yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I like the idea of that. And I, I believe in that idea to a certain extent. But also, I don't know, people grow on you, don't they? And you need yeah. to learn to yeah, know who and what you like and yeah. what you what you want, you know. Yeah. So yeah, you know, technically I'm Holly I'm Holly's third, so okay. I don't know, I guess because my my next one will be my third real serious relationship. Obviously okay. I'm not saying I'm looking for one at the minute, but like it's interesting to see if that's how it it plays out because mm. I think for, when you're younger, you sort of have this sort of fantasy about the one, and you constantly talk, yeah. like, you talk about the your one love and stuff. But yeah. I think actually going through multiple relationships and sort of experiencing different things with different people, yeah. You see people how like they met in school and they're still together now, and it's been they've only been together for about what 20 years or 16 years. Then yeah. they get married now and they got together when they're about 16. It's like, what? That's crazy. It's, it's I, for me, weird. I find that insane. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, my little sister's, she's been with her boyfriend now for at least five years and she's 20. So, yeah. like, it's kind of exactly. weird how it differs in each family as well. Like, yeah. it, is, it is a strange. Yeah, we know we know a certain someone that's been with their high school crush for 10 years. We do. Years. Yeah. So, yeah. Our, our close friends, um, they've been together since they were like 12. Wow. So they, they must be approaching 10 years now. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, it's crazy. nice. But I just find it not just a bit like wow, just one person then straight. I mean, it does obviously it works for some people, but yeah, I, I mean, we're not saying that either's the right, right. No, yeah, we're just but, saying yeah. it's quite interesting to to talk about both sides and look at it from that sense. And then the other one where people they meet up on like Tinder and then get married within a year and move in together. It's like wow. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Tinder is a lot rather. <laughs> Day one, yeah. Dan, going back onto your point of um, you know love at first sight or whatever is it's also interesting because it's not necessarily and what we need to think about here as well which links back to the four horsemen is it's not just the other person you learn so much about yourself in relationships oh yeah oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah. 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 so i feel that's a huge thing you learn what you did wrong or what you could do better or what you want out of a relationship in those you know failed relationships in the past i feel like that's quite a big thing about self-actualization in relationships i agree yeah, with you. i mean I, i'm gonna go on to like the four bits of advice i'd give but i definitely learned a lot of things about myself in, the, in a relationship that i didn't like 
necessarily. Um, I mean, I'm going to start off with saying that the first thing I'd say is don't use relationships to give yourself a purpose. Because I think I did that for a while. Um, I, it, it was sort of, I altered my life and went looking for it sort of thing. Oh, okay. And, yeah. and again, like, I remember very vividly when I moved down to Surrey for the first time, which was, mm -hmm. I was 21, so it wasn't that long ago. It was a year ago, 18 months ago. Yeah. And my uh, dad's fiance came down to see me and she was like, oh, how are you doing? I was like, yeah, I'm good, but I'm ready to settle down now. Oh, yeah. That's just not, that's just not something a normal 21-year-old would say, and it's not something you should be looking for either. Like, yeah. The first thing I've learned with relationships is don't go looking for them because it never mm -hmm. ends well. And, <laughs> I mean, I, end, I ended up in one less than a month after that conversation. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because it was what I was looking for and the other person was looking for it as well, or if it was, you know, I, I don't know, but it was, it was kind of weird how that worked out. Like, um, not looking is definitely a thing. Oh, 100%. You, you, you fall into it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, I mean, it's a lot healthier to not look for one as well. Like, definitely at uni, like, uni's one of those places where I was always brought up on the idea that, oh, you, you find someone at university and you stay with them or whatever. But, like, I found people at uni but never stayed with them, if you see what mm. I mean. Like, it was never, like, a permanent thing. No. Which is kind of hard to adjust to when you've had that sort of mindset for so long. Um, but my, my second bit of advice, really, from what I've learned, is that you shouldn't base your entire, like, existence around the other person. Like, in yeah. both the serious relationships I've had, I, I put my life on hold. Like, I'd stop doing my hobbies. I'd, like, cancel meeting up with friends and stuff. Yeah. To fit around my partner's schedule. I know someone close you, to me that's done exactly the same do thing. That. Well, yeah, you, but you shouldn't do that. Like, you have to have the confidence in your relationship that, it's gonna. You can have a life outside of it, and it's you have to have a life outside of that relationship. Yeah, it's only healthy. Isn't I it? think. Yeah, the key. The key to remember. The key to remember there, Dan, is you weren't not you specifically, but whoever you weren't doing nothing when you met that person. You were doing yeah, exactly. you, and you were yeah, doing those things, true. which meant that that person liked you for doing those things. So why would you stop? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if you yeah. were going out for a run every single day you know, and you told that person and that's part of your life, et cetera. And that's yeah. what you would, you know, they would like that part of you. If they didn't like that part of you, they'd say, and they'd be like, I'm not going to want to be with you. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I think remember to look after yourself. Um, so it, keep it, yeah. Yeah. I can, it kind of leads nicely onto the third bit of advice, which would be, and it links into some of the stuff you were saying, Nico is like, don't overthink or try and second guess everything. And I was terrible for that. Like mm. I had such a low opinion of myself that I'd try and read into everything. So like texts, every time we spoke, um, just any small interaction. And like, yeah. you, like you said, you've got to have confidence in yourself. Like that person's in a relationship with you because they want to be in a relationship with you. Like in one of my relationships, my, my girlfriend at the time turned around and said, like, you either need to trust that I want to be in this relationship or you need to just, we need to finish. Yeah. Because I was so caught up in trying to like read into everything overthink everything yeah it's hard isn't it yeah it's definitely hard like if you especially like people in long distance relationships which i've learned mm. doesn't work um again that's that's something you sort of have to experience. Oh, i wouldn't yeah, it's trust isn't it as well trust, yeah. that's if I say one thing that a relationship needs to be successful it's that trust because without trust, you've got nothing. And mm. for yeah. someone, for so, if you're anxious or you, you're you generally overthink things anyway, not trusting your partner is 
really, really not a good road to go down. No. Like, because you literally, every time you do something, you're thinking of the other person, thinking about what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you, you've just got to trust trust that one, they want to be with you. Two, that they fell in love with you for the right reasons or are with you for the right reasons. And thirdly, that, yeah, you just don't overthink it and that you're good enough. And that's... Mm-hmm. But you've got to definitely sort of appreciate the relationship for what it is and appreciate that person for who they are as well. And don't put too much pressure on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. Also, going on to, I mean, we've all, we've all, by the sounds, we've all had breakups. Like, I'd say the breakups I have had have been great. I mean, they've been really painful, but they've been great learning experiences. Mm. Like, Breakups are meant to suck. Like they're not meant to be easy. Um, which is which is interesting because I got asked a question recently, which I I'd like to get you guys' opinion on. Um, and I I still have kept these, so it, it's kind of an interesting one. I know a lot of people don't, but like if you split up with someone, do you then keep photos on your phone or memories and stuff of your exes, or do you pretend like it never happened? Sort of thing. What, what would you say for that? Because I think, in my head, I don't want to pretend like that period of however long it was didn't happen. Like yeah. you said earlier, like there's so many good things in relationships that you tend to remember after it's over. Yeah. And just, and I, I, I don't understand when people like erase it completely as if it's not happened. Like it's part of your development sort of thing. What's that? How do you feel? I guess I've deleted stuff from my phone, but if you go look at my Facebook, even further back, you'll see stuff from yeah. way, way back university times. You'll see if you're a picture of an ex-girlfriend, but yeah, yeah I'm like, well, that happened, so I can't really just... You just can't delete a person, can you? Bit, exactly. No, that, that's that's where I stand, doesn't it? I'm like, people that are deleted all of this stuff, and I'm like, well, like that. just because you've deleted it off your phone and stuff doesn't mean that, that didn't happen. Yeah. And a lot of the time, there are a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of good memories from relationships that it's kind of it's not healthy to reminisce about them constantly that's we're not saying no. that but yeah. like not deleting them i don't have really a problem with i don't see that as being unhealthy yeah. i don't i don't i don't see it as being unhealthy either and i i i can understand so phone for example i can understand you having everything on your phone but i think there's a time where you should get off your get it off your phone and maybe just put it in a folder on your computer so you have it it's always backed up it's there you know and then just have it there forever as like a huge backup of stuff but to keep it current around you might be a bit different and also when if you were to get in a new relationship definitely current uh current uh recent things or if it's a recent thing or whatever to get rid of those things for that other person because it's a trust thing it's not very it's not very nice for the other person to see things on your phone or to see yeah. memories right. and stuff. I, you know, I, I've been guilty of maybe doing that sometimes and being like, well, it's the past. And I'm like, actually not thinking about the other person in this case. And it's not very nice. Yeah. I've had objects in the house and stuff a bit. Yeah. yeah it's, an in- it's an interesting topic actually. In within- but not deleting. Yeah. Cause like, I think a lot of people just, I don't know if they do it in haste or what. They just delete everything and bin everything. Yeah, some do, don't they? Yeah. It's kind of interesting to think about whether we thought that was healthy or not. But yeah, for certain. Like, I mean, I if if I if it's ended on good terms, I generally try and not like constantly, but I'll stay in touch with people. Like, mm. I've stayed in touch with people from uni and 
yeah. X's here and there, but like, I don't see the need to just pretend they don't exist or whatever. Like, if the, if you've had good times together and you've you've experienced cool things together and stuff, I don't ever see the need to just be like, well, that didn't happen, so I'm never going to talk to you again. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I still look out for that person if they need me or whatever, but you know, maybe I'm a soft touch. I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Matthew, do you want to teach us about your relationship then? Yeah. Teachers of marriage. <laughs> what, what can I? I'm not really a guru, mate, but you know, <laughs> uh, I'm just, yeah, like I've been saying, probably the past episodes, I'm quite a relaxed kind of guy, but you know, like Dan said, I didn't really go out searching for, for love and the quote unquote the one sort of thing, but yeah, we met at university uh, on the same course, so camped up quite well and good friends, which turned into more than just good friends, but yeah, in the past, I've had a few different relationships here and there. In college, university, uh, not really in school, but definitely in college, university. I was quite shy back in school, so I didn't really do anything then. Oh, I was uh, just, I, I didn't develop until probably the second year at uni. Like girls yeah. were, they were a thing, but I didn't really know how to behave around them. Yeah, and then it's yeah, all yeah. final year at uni. That's like me. Yeah, I was like more like with the guys, but then, and then I had that time where you all your mates were like, oh yeah, let's go, out, let's go, let's go clubbing and stuff. And like, yeah, yeah, I go with them, but I wasn't there like by the bar eyeing up these girls. I was just. Just chilling out, getting drunk. It happened, really, just having a bit of fun. And then same thing at university, really, just... Um, the rest is history. The, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, like our, our like first like the first kiss thing is always like, oh, how romantic. But I was just a drunken kiss in a club. How did it, how's it all progressed then? Like, how's it turned into this? How do you guys have your, your arguments? Do you solve your arguments? How does it all work? I have like little arguments, but nothing, we're both quite very laid back, very just very chill. Um, just very, we just get good company with each other, we just get on really well. Like, you know, there's kind of couples that happily, like the other day in this lockdown, we're reading our books the other day, just both in quiet, reading a book for about an hour, not saying a word. Yeah. Relationship. Well, it's Cape Talk a long time to get to that stage, but before that, it was like the young stage of just mucking about spending money and stuff and like hey, yeah hey, and just yeah. each other's company enjoying each other's yeah, company yeah. And that sort of like stuff. staying around his staying around our house staying at my house yeah and then i just got to that stage where it's like well it's just annoying the the um, in between driving here and there and train here and there it's like moving together and they're just natural progression it's all it's all natural we didn't really force it like even like with the we were talking about marriage before i even proposed so that was in the air anyway so i knew it It'd be an answer. Yeah, you'd always you'd always should know it's be a yes anyway. You yeah. wouldn't do yeah. it. You know, like, oh shit, that didn't work. Fuck, next one. Um, yeah. I knew I knew it was gonna be a, a yes kind of thing. It wasn't like I might so I, so I fancy it or that kind of thing. It wasn't that. Um, yeah, no, I can I can understand that. Yeah. yeah so great, do you want, do you want, do you want to, for the fun of the listeners, do you wanna tell us how you proposed? <laughs> yeah, Go on. So it was uh two years ago. Yeah. So I was gonna do a um I was signed up to do a marathon yeah. in, uh, in Edinburgh. And I was my original plan was to, to do it after the marathon. Yeah. Uh, I like have the ring with me running around with it in my back pocket sort of thing, which is all fine. And oh, no. Yeah, but I got injured, so I couldn't do it. Oh. oh. So, so, but we still went to, the, um, went to that weekend away because um, a lot of friends uh, did the race with me so I did so we went up there anyway and then we just had our own little side stuff and I went to it was in Arthur's Seat in Edinburgh okay big, it's a big like um, like grass mountain pretty nice so I thought I'll do it there instead so I just completely rechanged the plan went up there but the funny thing is we walked up there and the whole time my girlfriend was uh, 
like moaning how high the height is and stuff. I was like, yeah, come on, let's, let's keep going. She's like, oh, it's so high. So this is hard. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, keep going. going. <laughs> and then uh, we didn't get to the top because you said it was too high. <laughs> and then found a quieter spot. So you were like, right, this will do. Yeah, I was like, let's go there. It's quieter. She's like, okay. Not, and then just like 10. I didn't have a speech. I'm not that kind of guy either. So I didn't really... Just literally just went out and asked her. And then the funny thing, she snatched a ring off me to have a look at it. <laughs> so I got She's it out. She's like, yes, yeah, give like, it oh, in, yeah. put it on. Yeah, kind of about that, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, if she'd said no, you could have always just pushed her down the mountain. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, okay, really. A win-win there. Yeah, <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, mate, I'm happy for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for you. It's, yeah. it's, it's nice to get that that perspective from, from someone who's who's very famously single in uh, my group of friends yeah. and then we've got you know Nico's probably just coming to the end of the honeymoon period which is <laughs> always fun <laughs> we can say that yeah I've been together for like four years or so before we actually I actually did that so four years yeah so we lived together four years and then oh, so nice. been together for nine years in February wow that's a long time yeah yeah that is a very no, I, 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 it's hard to admit it but there's, there's a bit of like money involved as well. I wanted, to, I didn't want to do it and not scrape it to do the wedding sort of thing. Yeah, yeah no. I, I mean, a wedding, you have to, you have to joke about that at a wedding. I fucking hate how it's come down to that, like money. It's just uh, it's me off that kind of. Oh, we can't afford it. it. I hate that sort of stuff. But yeah, we are we are affording it, but we're doing it as a cheaper cheaper version. Um, yeah, all like making stuff ourselves here and there. Um, That's part of the fun, though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Making, making all the things ourselves, making yeah, the hand. The whole, the whole money thing as well, like. It, a wedding is meant to happen once in your life. Okay, sometimes, exactly. yeah. but like yeah. it's it's meant to be like a once in a lifetime thing. So, yeah, obviously you want to get it right, and I yeah. completely get why people take time to make that decision, especially yeah. financially. Yeah, yeah, and we we both agree we don't want to do the wedding and then become like no savings afterwards. Like, oh cool, We've got nothing afterwards, no more money. Yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. yeah. which is. <laughs> I've seen I've seen people do that as well. They've like forked out like loads on the wedding, and then they've sort of had to live off like nothing for the next few yeah. years just to try and balance the books it's, 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 it's literally when you get to it it's like oh my god it's so expensive some stuff it's just literally add the price tag on because it, it's a wedding it's like you just take the piss it just really is just a different price tag yeah everybody starts saving up for your weddings now yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> I, whoa, whoa, whoa. i've got to find a partner first Let's forget the wedding <laughs> no, mate, you can go up to a partner and say i've got money for a wedding how about now uh, yeah no. some cash. <laughs> yeah I'm a, I'm a long way away from that, mate. That's for certain. That's for certain. Yeah. But do you, you want to? If you want to have that path, marriage or not? Yeah. Obviously, like I, I want to. I mean, it's quite an in joke with some of my friends. That I'm going to have multiple weddings because the luck in my family <laughs> in terms of marriages isn't great. Like, there's a lot of yeah. divorces. Yeah. I should have. That's not an aim. Like I'm. I'm yeah. in, in <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I, obviously, I want to get it on the marriage path. You want to have kids, you want to have a family. It's, it's stuff that you think about when you're younger, isn't it? So, yeah, like, and especially now, like being in relationships, having been out of relationships, gone through breakups and stuff. Like yeah. the next one, who knows when it's going to be? Who knows who it's going to be with? But like, yeah, for certain, it's definitely at the back of your mind. Like, yeah, good. Well, Holly's Holly's planned our wedding before we even met, anyway. So, yeah, uh, that's that's handy. Yeah. That's, that's... I mean, some women have got it all planned, mate. I'm some doing. Yeah, I mean, I had that in a previous relationship actually, was where the sort of like all the wedding plans had already been made, and it didn't matter if it was me. Like it was, it was going to be someone, yeah. but those plans were saying exactly the same. 
Which is quite funny. That's That's that. It is quite funny. (laughs) I think that's a nice, light-hearted way to end this episode. (laughs) Thank you very much for opening up about uh, your uh, relationships, guys. And we wish Matthew the best of luck with his marriage. And we hope that Corona doesn't delay it for much longer. For much longer. Or anybody else's marriage if they had a Yeah, all that, yeah. Yeah. That as well. Um, Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, And yeah, join us in the next one. We hope you've enjoyed it. Cheers, guys. Later.